Welcome to the Alliance of Social Entrepreneurship podcast series. My name is Ilse, and here we hold conversations with creative and inspiring entrepreneurs. I hope that with this podcast, you get the ideas, knowledge, and encouragement to create your own business that makes a positive impact on the people and the planet. So today we are joined by Magali Matthew, who is a co-founder of Atlas Go, which is a fitness and wellness app that helps companies engage their employees and helps nonprofits to raise uh, raise uh, funds. So Magali, maybe you could uh, start off by introducing yourself, what's your interest and your role in all of this, and also tell us more about Atlas Go. Yeah, happy to. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm one of the Atlas Go co-founders. Uh, we uh, built Atlas Go with uh, we're three co-founders, Tom and Ali, um, uh, and I joined this adventure um, five years ago now. It's been a little while. And um, I am also the chief revenue officer, so I handle everything uh, revenue, whether that's um, uh, handling really the sales and um, how the revenue is coming in, but also from a marketing uh, aspect, finding new revenue streams and all of that. Um, I also am a big part and a big, um, I guess, champion for Atlas Go's culture, our company culture, and uh, making sure that we are creating a place uh, that we really enjoy working at every day. We're spending a lot of time doing that, uh, being a startup. <laughs> and so um, that's something that's really, really important to me. Um, I am also a certified yoga teacher. Um, it's something that it's a, a part of my journey that I began with Atlas Go, um, finding a little bit more of a holistic way uh, of um, well-being and um in terms of Atlas Go, as you mentioned, uh, we've got a mobile application and we really have three different types of products. So the two you uh, mentioned are really the ones that we're pushing out there and selling, which is our employee engagement. So we help create well-being um, challenges for companies, uh, for their employees as like a virtual team building so people can be wherever they are in the world um, and still connect with each other. Um, they can use activities like cooking, running, uh, meditating, the idea really is that it encompasses, I guess, all of the aspects that well-being might speak to you. And then on the other side, we've got our virtual races, uh, which is a um, product that we do that we cater to nonprofits uh, for them to engage their community and to be able to fundraise um, through also our peer-to-peer -peer fundraising. The last aspect of Atlas Go is our um, community-based application with anybody can join and every activity that you do uh, plants trees all over the world. And what is your specific interest and, and where does this idea came from? You said that you uh, have a background in yoga and in and such practices, but how did you come up with the idea that you want to want to do this company in the way that you do now? Yeah, so um, Tommy originally, one of our co-founders, originally thought of the idea as he was running the 20 kilometers of Brussels. Um, and uh, it's a race that's very focused on like buying a ticket for a cause. And so um, as he was there really feeling the energy of the race, um, he thought, why couldn't we do this every day? And how can technology help us do this? So we really started Atlas Go with the community part of the application, thinking that that's what it was going to be. 
Um, and then the more we started really speaking with um, companies to be sponsors of these challenges uh, for anybody and for the community, the more these companies were saying, hey, actually, we would love to do this for our employees. Can we close the, that part of the application for an employee engagement? So that's when that started. Um, and then, you know, because these companies were donating to nonprofits, um, really a lot of these companies, it's an HR and CSR um, organize, organized um, uh, challenge, right? Because they're doing it for a cause. So the more nonprofits we started speaking with, the more these nonprofits asked us, hey, is there a way for us to actually engage our community without a company necessarily? And so that's where the virtual race product launched. So. As any company, it started with an idea, and then the more customers you speak with, um, it changes and it pivots. Um, but that's who we are today. So, how did you start at the beginning, and how, how, <laughs> comparing to where you are at the moment, like what was the very beginning, first steps? Yeah, that's um, the first steps was um, sitting down, first of all, the three of us and figuring out that we wanted to do this together. So obviously, Tommy had the idea. I personally um, have always been a runner as well. I ran track and field in high school. And then um, before I knew yoga and before I kind of uh, knew how to slow down, running was my uh, stress reliever. Um, and so it's something that was really close to my heart. Um, social impact uh, has also been a really big part of my life in general. I, um, I uh, was very lucky and fortunate to live all over the world and growing up uh, when I was very little in Thailand, as an example, in such a developing country and uh, with um, a very privileged family, um, being able to go and, and help out and uh, noticing that, um, yeah, it was my responsibility to use my privilege to do good in the world. Um, so those two things really made me click with Tommy and, and with the idea of Atlas Go at the beginning. Um, and then Ollie joined us as well, um, very passionate with a CSR background too. Um, and so the beginning was really developing a product. Like, what is what is this product even going to be? Um, so originally, uh, because we are three non-technical co-founders building a technical application um, and doing it in Silicon Valley. So first, we got a lot of responses from people saying, you know, what are you like? You guys need a technical co-founder. You're not going to be able to make this happen. Um, and so originally, we actually found a contractor, which everybody told us was a bad idea, uh, and it was a bad idea. <laughs> um, but we worked with a contractor at the beginning um, and tried to develop a product, which in the end, um, we it was just too early. We were, we were not, first of all, mission aligned, but also um, we really needed somebody in-house to help like continue to ideate and figure things out with us. And so um, when we really started building our business model and had um, ways to uh, actually uh, understand how revenue was going to come through. Then we were able to raise uh, capital um, and hire a our CTO um, who joined us and who was able to uh, then build our application. Um, but as we continued, the again the the business model changed a lot. Um, another big thing that really helped us launch is we were a part of the NASDAQ um, Milestone Maker program. The NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center sits in San Francisco, and they provide um, free resources for entrepreneurs, uh, which is just so valuable at that kind of stage. 
Um, and it's a lot of mentorship, uh, a coach, um, just, you know, resources and advice, really. Um, and so the milestone that we had, so you, it's a 12-week program, and the milestone we had was launch with a challenge um, on the iOS application. And that was such a good and important, like, very um, detailed milestone that helped us, okay, focus every single action that we had towards making that happen. Um, and that was really what continued and launched us because once we had a product, then it was obviously so much easier to speak with clients um, and things started moving little by little. Yeah, it's a, a lot of entrepreneurs are suggesting to start with one and not really reach for perfection and try it out already without uh, having a complete company, complete pr products ready. Yeah, it's, it's such a, I mean, we were making that same mistake. We were trying to launch with like the biggest partner and, you know, the biggest names and the best product having on iOS and Android. And, and it was just, yeah, it, it, it was really breaking this down into um, smaller steps that allow us to actually get started. And you have two offices, one in Brussels and, and one in, in Bay Area. Uh, so maybe you can uh, talk about your this international aspect of the enterprise. Yeah, so um, we as co-founders are all European. Um, uh, I originally am French, um, Ali is Swiss, and then Tommy is Belgian. So naturally, three Belgians in San Francisco, or three Europeans in San Francisco, were um, very much going to attract a European, um, our networks, right? Because a lot of how it works as um, entrepreneurs is also who is around you, who's able to help you. And so the, the more that we started building in San Francisco, and actually, it was interesting to see the credibility that it gave us in Europe to be a San Francisco Bay Area startup. Um, and so that, that also innovation really helped us to continue to grow because for example, uh, with our employee engagement product, we were facing a lot of competitors in the U S a lot, a lot of, um, uh, yeah, companies that were doing things that were similar to us. Whereas in Europe, this was still a very new and innovative product. And so that is what really helped us understand, okay, there's a market opportunity there. It's not just our friends and family who are interested. Um, and so that's when we started uh, first recruiting contractors that were working there and then eventually um, building a subsidiary so that we could really uh, build our team out there. So nonprofits and companies, uh, they're mostly coming from Europe or are based in States? So I would say from a nonprofits and virtual race perspective, it's largely U.S. based. Um, and then employee engagement, it's largely Europe based. Um, we are we, we do have both in both. Right. Um, but in terms of how the majority of our virtual races really are coming from the U.S. and the majority of our employee engagements uh, are in Europe. So maybe you can also tell in more detail uh, if the company comes to you and says, we want to work with you, um, how does that happen? And how does um, employee engagement uh, and races happen? Yeah, so um, the employee engagement product, so if a company um, is interested in, in this, they would um, come to us either with an idea or just knowing, hey, we want a way to engage our employees, right? 
Um, so we do in Europe specifically, we really do a lot of challenges that are related to impact. Um, this is probably also the part of the product that works the best within Europe, whether it's companies that are looking to have an environmental impact and um, looking to engage their their employees through that or um, donate to a cause that um, maybe one of their employees um, has experienced personally and so they want to support as a company um, or just a cause that that makes sense also for where they are and, and who they are as a business. And so how it works is um, we do challenges of um, from two weeks to up to three months challenges where uh, a company is going to have all of their employees join on our web dashboard and our mobile application. Um, and they're gonna be able to choose from a list of activities. So uh, if I give you an example, if they're focusing on planting trees, let's say they're focusing, so the company is donating you know, $20,000 to be able to plant um, sometimes 20,000 trees depending on where they plant and how much the tree is worth. Um, and so what the company says is, hey, we're going to plant these 20,000 trees. You as our employees get to unlock these by taking care of yourselves. So by going out for runs, by doing yoga, by meditating, um, by cooking, we, in the pandemic, we added a lot more activities that were obviously dealing with working from home. So things like reading a story to your child, um, or, uh, taking 30 minutes me time, um, as we saw those kind of boundaries fade and people working a little bit 24 seven. Um, it's something that our, our companies, our clients were really inclined to adding. So that was really exciting. Um, and then the challenge happens. So they're using our mobile application. There's different ways that they can track their activities on there. Uh, then they share what we call the sweaty selfie or a photo. It has a little fun frame that they can then share on social media. People can high five each other. Um, they can comment. Uh, they compete with teams, but there is also chats where they can really motivate each other. Um, so everything really happens on the mobile application. And the great thing of that is that it's on their own time, right? So um, it's not something that they have to have in their calendar and participate at that time. It's just whenever they want to um, join. It's also a great way for people to see um, their, you know, their colleagues' families, because a lot of people will go on like a family walk as an example. So it brings a little bit more of um, the human aspect of who people are behind, uh, behind the person that you're, you know, emailing saying, hey, I need this from you right now. <laughs> and how do you choose nonprofits that you want to dedicate funds for or is the company choosing? So there is a couple different ways. We have partners that we've worked with in the past and that we're happy to introduce to our um, to our companies. The majority, I will say, of our uh, organizations usually have a nonprofit. For example, their charity of the year partner or a couple partners that they uh, have been working with in the past that they then choose um, for this specific challenge. And then we work with that nonprofit to understand if the funds that the company is donating, if it can go to a specific project. Um, so that as throughout the challenge, it's, it's also not just about, Hey, taking care of yourself, but finding out more information. Um, you know, if you are working to, for example, um, donate for scholarships to, uh, give education, access to education to, um, young girls, then, you know, really telling the story of the beneficiaries as to why it's important. Um, the work that, that the company is doing is important and, being able to follow the story a little bit more. Um, that's where, obviously, when things are more impactful, we've seen that a challenge has just better engagement because 
um, people get to know the full picture. What are causes that you are most passionate about? Yourself? So, I mean, I mentioned, I mentioned girls uh, as one or educating girls. Um, in general, um, women empowerment is something that I'm very passionate about myself. Um, it's something that I, um, I think, started learning and becoming more aware about um, as a woman co-founder in the Bay Area. Um, so that's definitely a cause that's very close to my heart. Um, also, anything related to the environment. Um, I have another project with my partner that we work on, uh, which is um, retreats in the Amazon rainforest of Ecuador um, and protecting these pristine, beautiful places in nature are just um, it's so important to me because it's that connection that we're able to have with nature um, is like nothing else. And it's really something that's helped me as a part of like growing into my personal and spiritual journey. Um, and it's our responsibility to take care of it and take care of our planet and our resources that are that are limited that um, we need to do our part in. Mm. And a good good news, uh, I told you that before our meeting, I was checking the application out and, and there's an opportunity also to um, join as an individual and raise funds for Jane Goodall's Institute. So, uh, yeah, maybe you can uh, explain a little bit more also for the listeners how, uh, how it works for individuals wanting to work out and do something very good. Yeah, so that's the community part of our applications. Um, we're calling it 100% Gopher Trees. And um, so the great thing is that any donation that you're seeing on there is 100% going towards um, the partner that we partner with at that time to plant trees. Um, and so you mentioned Jane Goodall Institute of um, the Belgian one specifically. That's where that's the current live challenge that we've got on there. Um, but challenges change uh, all the time with our different partners. Um, and so you're able to just log on to the application. You can create a team if you want with your friends, your family, um, maybe some of your colleagues, even just to test it out before doing an employee engagement. And, um, and yeah, you're able to join the application. Uh, we've got a bunch of different challenges. We're having a new one soon, um, given that it's, uh, or new activities that are launching soon, given that we are in Earth Month and Earth Day is coming up soon. Um, so you'll be able to do uh, activities related to the environment, things like picking up trash, um, uh, focusing maybe on some vegetarian meals as opposed to eating meat every day. Um, so little like habits like that that we're also just trying to help educate people um, throughout these challenges. On a web, you also have these uh, success stories. And uh, do you have something in mind where you as a company have helped, has helped um, to bring an impact that's very heart uplifting? Yeah, I think um, there's there's a lot of good stories. I think um, the, the most impactful ones are really... Um, maybe not even just related to the cause, but the messages of the people that are participating. Like, um, because that's that's really the direct impact that Alice Go is having, right? Um, for example, uh, we work with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and um, a woman who um, was suffering from Crohn's and Colitis um, participated in their virtual race and said, you know, five years ago, I wasn't able to run due to me, um, due to this um, chronic disease that I'm experiencing. And today I'm a part of this challenge and um, I'm able to run for it and raise awareness and engagement um, around this important cause. So I think the ones that 
that personally get to me the most and that, um, yeah, are amazing reminders as to why we're doing what we're doing is uh, the impact that each person is really having and, and how it makes them ultimately feel um, and want to continue to do good. And are you as a company participating in, in uh, your own challenges? Yeah, so actually that's something that we've realized we need to do better at um, because um, sometimes we're so focused and that just happens with everything you do, right? You're so like grinding in the little detail that you forget to take a step back and actually see if you're doing it. Um, and so we are, uh, we just realized that we need to do ourselves some challenges. Um, and so we're going to be participating or doing one for Earth Day and um, and focusing on on kind of those uh, aspects as well, bringing back some of our volunteering because we used to do uh, have volunteer days as an example when we were working together in person and that kind of fell a little bit um, given that we are uh, all working remotely that a lot of the volunteering things that we were doing were like actually going to places. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, the the short answer is we're working on it um, because we're realizing that we need to be better at at uh, making sure we also yeah continue to learn and experience our own product. You mentioned that you also manage this uh, wellness culture in the company, so maybe you can share some of the practices that you as a company uh, have adopted for your own teams. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some of the things that we've done, um, together, and again, I, it's something I'm passionate about, but every single person really brings in and we create it together. Um, one of the things we do is we have our Monday meetings, which is the one meeting where the whole team, uh, global, uh, meets. So it's really early in San Francisco and then uh, a little late, uh, in Belgium. Um, and we start those meetings with meditation. Um, so it's a three minute meditation. The idea just to really bring yourself back um, to, because yeah, again, it's stressful. There's a lot going on. So bring yourself back to the present moment. And then we jump into traffic lights, um, which is a way to say if you are um, red, yellow, or green, depending on what's going on that day. So for example, if you're having a great day, you might say, I'm green. I'm super excited. I had an awesome weekend, ready for the week. Or maybe something happened um, that is um, affecting how you're feeling. And so you might say that you're orange or red. Um, that helps us to understand, you know, gauge the room and understand maybe if there's a really big decision to be made that day, um, it's not the best day for that person. Uh, or if we're realizing that that person needs help, then it's a way um, for us to be able to reach out. Um, so I think those are some of the examples we've used on like day to day. We've also included fun like team activities that is led by one of uh, one different person every month. Um, and these are games that we're doing virtually. Um, we've had a bunch of different types of like from uh, creating music together to just like simple old Pictionary. So a lot of different things, but just a way again to like connect and have fun as people. Um, when the pandemic started, we also had started um, our little ch weekly check-ins, which are optional, not at all mandatory, but a way for people to um, check in and, uh, yeah, see how they're doing. Right. Because again, since we're working from home now, we're so focused on work when we connect with each other, as opposed to just, Hey, how are you doing? Like what's going on in your life outside of work? Um, and so we also added these little random coffee chats, which we use Slack as a tool. And it's just a bot that automatically pairs you up with one person every week. And you set up a 20 minute, um, coffee chat just to kind of get to know each other. 
that's been really helpful because we're also growing the team a lot. So there's new faces. And so it's an easier way for people to just kind of jump in and, and create a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you have researched a lot of company policies as to well-being of the employees. Can you um, tell us some of your ideas and thoughts and reflections of what you have observed in the past years and in looking at the future, how companies will treat wellness and, and maybe also give us some warning uh, signs of, of <laughs> what they might be doing wrong? Yeah, for sure. Um, so in terms of... Um, where for policies and where we are, um, one of the things I haven't mentioned yet is that we are a certified B Corp um, as a company, which um, for anybody who doesn't know, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with this um, certification, but it is a um, certification similar to how like fair trade is to coffee, B Corp is to business. So it ensures that you are um, taking care of uh, your company in all the different aspects. And one of the things that this uh, B Corp certification and just network and um, yeah, uh, network gives is so many ideas for really taking care of um, your employees. And also with everything that happened um, last year with the murder of George Floyd, everything uh, in terms of diversity and inclusion and understanding implicit bias. So we're adding an implicit bias training soon um, for our whole company. So that's definitely a movement that is helping us lead the way and um, and also notice the things that we're not even thinking about in terms of what well-being might mean. Um, one of the things that I've definitely seen the space change is, especially in the Bay Area and San Francisco, um, wellness and like fun perks used to be a lot about the food that you have access to and the ping pong table so that you can go on a break and have ping pong or the free alcohol that there is. And really the exciting thing, in my opinion, is that that is changing into um, how can we handle stress? Like, what do we what do we do when we're stressed? Can we include breath work? Can can it be a little bit more normalized to actually meditate before a meeting just to like breathe and close your eyes and and come here in this moment? And um, one of the things that's really being talked about a lot right now is mental health. Right. As we are, again, in this space of um uh, this pandemic that's just a global stress and, and fear that people are experiencing and having. Um, and then on a company level, this expectation of, oh, am I always supposed to be on? What if I need to, you know, um, what if I'm working from home and my kids are vir in virtual school? Like, how do I handle that? So mental health is definitely um, something that a lot of researchers have shown is um, uh, has been affected uh, and that the rates of burnouts are going absolutely crazy right now. And I personally experienced this also uh, in the pandemic because Atlas Go was one of the companies that positively benefited from the pandemic and that um, companies and nonprofits were looking for these virtual ways of engaging their community and their employees. And so from one day to the next, we started getting an influx a huge influx and we're still in that period of growth right now, uh, which became at a time where I, there was just too much to handle, but also not enough time to actually train a team uh, to hire a person and then train them for them to be helpful. And so there was really a moment where, um, it was too much. And personally, I experienced uh, a little bit of a burnout and, and it, 
it affects everything, right? I started feeling anxiety. I started just not waking up, not feeling good about myself in the morning when I love what I do. And I'm so passionate about the company that we are and everything we're building, but it got to be too much. And so I think uh, as a leader of a company and and speaking to all um, kind of leaders within companies, it's our responsibility to um, make sure that we are paying attention to that and, and raising warnings signs and finding solutions. And we're also making mistakes. Right now, our team is in a period of really high growth, as I mentioned, and, and it's tough for some people. And so it's it's really our responsibility to be like, hey, this is affecting this person's overall health and well-being. Um, we need to take care of it. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, building a company is all about the people. And um, if we're not taking care of our people, then we're not going to reach the goals that we want. We're not going to have the impact that we want to have. Um, so yeah, big, big emphasis on that. I have a bigger question as to inclusion and well-being or, or wellness, because a lot of companies are actually focusing on fitness goals. And something that I really enjoyed to see in your app is that you're also including gardening and, you know, reading a book, which can be inclusive practice at the same time. Also, when you were saying the, the meditation practice as a way of centering and grounding, um, I'm wondering if this practice also could, could repel some of the people and, and uh, kind of like, well, I'm not participating that or I'm not ready. And, and I'm wondering if you have found some recipe for your own work on, um, on how to make all these practices uh, n- not forced upon, <laughs> but um, so that they're welcoming and uh, allowing people to be and still be resistant sometimes to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like how to figure out how to normalize things that are a little bit woo woo still to some people. Um, I a hundred percent hear that. I think one, we've been really, um, lucky within our company to start these things that people are, uh, kind of excited and it's like a breath of fresh air for them because it's such a different environment than most, uh, organizations. And, and so a lot of people have just been really embracing it and excited. And a lot of uh, our our employees have, you know, have mentioned, I've never meditated before. Like, this is the first time. This is going to be the first time. And I think what we really try is um, to break it down and not make it something that's like huge, big thing. But it's just, hey, we're just closing our eyes and breathing together. Like, that's all it is. It's not very complicated. Um, and you don't have to have this crazy vision or spiritual experience in that moment. It's just using your breath and and coming back to that moment. So for us, just making it as um, relaxed and like open and, and normal as possible has worked. Um, in terms of our clients, we definitely have clients, especially I would say probably in Europe, that sometimes at the beginning when we were introducing meditation and yoga, were a little surprised, I would say. Um, but it's definitely changing right now. They're seeing that it's, it's, uh, that it's something that their employees are also seeking out and looking for. Um, the one thing I will say is that our platform is extremely inclusive. And so there are a, a variety, as you mentioned, like gardening and reading and a lot of different activities for you to choose from, but nothing is forced upon you, right? So you as a company, when you participate in an Atlas Go Challenge, will have let's say 15 different activities that you can choose from 
and that um, you're not forced to do any single one of them, right? But what we do is we create little tokens so that, for example, an hour of reading is some is equal to a certain amount of tokens and an hour of gardening is equal to another amount of tokens. That way you can compete on the same leaderboard regardless of the activity that you're doing so that you're still all a part of the same little fun competition. And um, a question more about the, the engagement of people, because also thinking about the wellness, well-being and a lot of like volunteer activities of the employees um i guess it's important to to uh, give them opportunity to always opt out <laughs> so it's not never mm -hmm. compulsory and uh, mm -hmm. another th aspect which comes to my mind is is uh yeah how to make it so they're not feeling ashamed that they are not moving or that sometimes they're eating junk food or you know not following the healthy healthy lifestyle yeah, for sure. Again, it's super important um, to just offer variety so that when mm -hmm. um, there are different, you know, like, yeah, if if the run doesn't speak to you or if maybe you're not in an able body and not able to go for a run, that there is a wheelchair option so that you know that there is something that includes um, what your capabilities include. So I think the the biggest thing has really been about Rather than saying, hey, it's okay if you don't want to do these, saying there's always going to be something for you um, to participate in. And so what are the different options? And this is where our um, project managers that handle all the projects within Atlas Go really have a strong relationship and conversation with the client to understand a little bit who their employees are and how, how it's going to go. And then there's always people that are not going to participate, right, that just don't want to, that don't feel um, like it's... Um, yeah, for them. And that's okay. That's totally okay. How do you see the future of, of well-being in general for the companies? You said already uh, that there's going to be probably more focus on mental mental health and, and burnout. But do you see some other maybe technological um, solutions that will be coming up? Or what, what are the vibe that you're getting in Silicon Valley or all over? What's the future of the workplace? Yeah, I mean, the future of the workplace is a big question because um, a lot of companies have announced already that they're going to be remote forever. Uh, some companies have announced that they're going to go back to like some kind of hybrid scenario. Um, on the well-being front with Atlas Go and where we're going, um, we're really, really excited to continue to grow in that holistic well-being perspective. Um, and so one of the things that we've realized is, for example, yes, we have meditation on the app, but what if somebody's never meditated before? How can we actually give them meditation videos for them to start having a practice, right? And so rather than being able to say just like, hey, I did 20 minutes meditation, actually choosing um, a meditation uh, from some of our experts, which we're building um, this new like kind of content space so that people can then really choose that and, um, and have the experience or, um, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe somebody who's more interested in like a fitness and sweaty workout, um, for them to get to know other people also who are, um, you know, giving these kinds of classes online. That's one of the things that's been so exciting about this pandemic is so many people have been able to create these um, new ways of connecting with, with people. And so we're excited to kind of bring that so that it's not just um, uh, you're doing it on your own, but you also have a, um, I guess, a portfolio and 
kind of library, that's the word I'm looking for, of content to choose from um, so that you can do it on your own. Um, and then we'll see as the pandemic kind of ends hopefully soon and things go back to some kind of, um, I don't want to say uh, the old normal, but um, you know, whatever that next stage will be, then maybe even uh, figuring out ways to include some of that physical aspect of connecting and doing things like volunteering together and how to connect technology with that. So my personal view is that um, technology has been a huge blessing for this last year of, of ways for us to continue to connect and that we need that personal connection um, and really being able to exchange. Um, so how we're looking at it also for Atlas Go is how can we give our people that opportunity to work remotely and how can we still find ways to connect maybe a couple times a year all together um, in some kind of location? <laughs> still to be determined. And uh, since you covered the CS, uh, corporate social responsibility, CSR <laughs> topics as well, in a way, um, I wonder what have you observed uh, in terms of um, people wanting to contribute more and more or looking for a meaning? Do you see it as a trend in workplaces that, that uh, actually employees are, are very much uh, looking for the companies that have the history of giving and, and being charitable and, and that they want to engage in, in such a work themselves? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that we uh, are seeing, uh, again, especially in the U.S., is um, these employee resource groups or ERGs that are starting to pop up. Um, we're also seeing it in some of our large organizations in Europe, but I think in Europe things are still a little bit more like top-down approach of the company kind of offers you, hey, these are the different things that you're able to participate in, whereas we're really seeing in the U.S. things going up from bottom up, right, of um, employees saying, hey, I really care about um, about breast cancer, as an example. I, um, you know, maybe had had some experience with somebody, um, so I want to figure out a way for us to raise more awareness about this for um, all of the women in uh, our organization to go get checked um, annually, all of these things. Like, these are kinds of approaches that are really coming from employees having their own passions um, and the, again, that trend of rather than saying, Hey, we're going to only donate to one cause. Um, what are the cause that you're really passionate about and what do you want to create as a result, um, of your passions and how can we, how can you like kind of champion these different things and recruit other people within your, the organization to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And one more thing, um, you mentioned being a female entrepreneur in Silicon Valley is also experience of itself. So maybe you can share of how, how, um, yeah, how the business is changing through female leadership. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I think is again, that holistic approach, right? Rather than, um, a little bit of that more, um, paternalistic, uh, hey, or, patriotic, what's the word I'm looking for? Patriarchal um, <laughs> a mindset of, um, you know, let's really get um, focus on the funds and the growth of the company, um, finding that holistic balance of um, taking care of our employees, of what do we actually want long term, uh, understanding also the impacts of our actions. Like, I think that's, that's all the things that female energies bring. And 
I am extremely fortunate to be uh, working with two co-founders who are um, super, super supportive and open and excited to be learning from that and who are the first to say um, that we we are in need of uh, more of a female and woman approach um, to our day-to-day life because, yeah, again, I think just from who we are and the, the natural nurturing part of, um, of what a woman is, that's what we need to bring more to business um, to continue to make sure that it lasts for a long time, that it's being really well taken care of. And finally, since you are super experienced in remote working and wellness, I, I want to ask, what's your recipe for feeling well or staying, staying well during these times? Yeah, well, I think um, it's a continuous practice. <laughs> I'm still learning every day and there's still moments where I kind of forget all of the things that I've learned and have a really stressful day where I spend all day on Zoom. Um, but some of the big things are including breath work. I mean, every morning for me, a morning routine is the most important thing that really has set out my day. So, um, I have a meditation practice every single morning. I do affirmations every morning. Um, and then some kind of movement, whether it's yoga, going for a run, going to the gym, um, and then starting my day. And then throughout my day, really having little moments in my calendar where I have breaks. Um, so it might be breaks just to take a breath in between two meetings. Um, it might be actually going for a little walk or even just standing up and uh, making sure that my glass of water is in the kitchen so that I have to go to actually um, drink it as opposed to just having it next to me and continue to keep going. Um, and then another big thing that's been, uh, I guess, more recent for me is how to really set out in terms of food and, and plan things so that it can be um, easy and not a stress because being at home, I was finding that I would like go to the kitchen and start making food. And then I was making three meals a day um, and then being like, okay, how can I, again, just like meal prep, little easy things um, so that when I, I'm actually taking my break, I'm going into my break and not doing another uh, activity and, and like rushing to eat little things like that. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Magali, for, for this conversation and inspiration also for, for everyone to take care of themselves, but not only themselves, but also about our shared planet and, and do, do much more community work, move more and, and be better. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Elze, for this opportunity and to, for chatting with you. I really enjoyed it. Hope you have enjoyed today's episode. You can follow us on the Alliance of Social Entrepreneurship Facebook page and find our episodes on all major podcast platforms. Alliance for Social Entrepreneurship is supported by EU program Erasmus+, which aims to support education, training, youth, and sport in Europe.